Thank you, Pastor Phil. Um, unlike Pastor Phil's announcement, I will be reading from the NRSV. Are we beginning to commend ourselves again? Surely we do not need, as some do, letters of recommendation. Do we? You yourselves are our letter, written on our hearts, to be known and read by all. And you show that you are a letter of Christ, prepared by us, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. Such is the confidence that we have through Christ Jesus to Christ toward God, not that we are competent of ourselves to claim anything as coming from us. Our competence is from God, who has made us competent to be ministers of a new covenant, not of letter but of spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. The word of the Lord. everyone. Hello, my name is Erin Schwang, and I am a member here at Church Without Walls and an elder. And the last time I was up in this format in person giving um, a talk was in 2014. And I remember that because I had to be dissuaded from using an analogy from the Disney movie Frozen in my talk, which was probably for the best. Um, but it is a pleasure to be here with you um, today. And I have the job of wrapping up a month-long series of sermons that have been given by our elder team here. Um, and uh, we, so if you're a visitor or a newcomer, you're really getting a sense of like how the sausage is made around here. We've been looking back, we've been um, talking about our distinctives. I'm gonna kind of review where we've been in just a moment. Um, but I just wanted to say, um, if you are on the newer side of things, um, please feel welcome and understand that you're getting a real glimpse of what's been going on with us lately and where we think we're headed next. So um, let's do, Buffy, let me just pray for us as we start. Jesus, thank you for the fact that you have been with us, uh, each of us here in this room and those watching online, uh, wherever we have been in our lives and that you are with us wherever we are going. And I pray that you would use my words today um, to speak to where we're headed uh, next as a church community. Amen. So, next slide. I wanted to start with this image. It's the best one that I could find um, online with a quick Google search of an image that I had when I was praying for CWOW several years ago, probably at some kind of prayer vigil event I think it was during actually our last pastoral transition. So it's an image of um, stepping stones in a pond. But there's a really significant difference between the image I had actually and this one. I couldn't find one. It would have to be animated, I suppose, to demonstrate <clears throat> accurately the image I had. Because what I, what I had when I was praying for us back then many years ago was the stepping stones were not all there. They were appearing one at a time as we needed them. So I had this sort of sense that we were all together, I don't know, imagine us all balanced together as a group somehow on one stepping stone, I guess. Um, and we would kind of pray and faithfully seek what are we meant to do next, and then a stepping stone would rise up. 
and then we would take the next step, and then the next step. But we could not look forward like you can in this image and see, oh, it's going to just be like this, and then we'll get there. It'll be great. So there was no sense of what the future necessarily would look like, but there was a really hopeful sense that we would, we would see the next step that we needed to take together, and then we would take it, and that God would be faithful in revealing each next step. Um, so here are some of the recent stepping stones. Let's go to the next few slides. This is a document that I'm sure you have bookmarked and you're, you know, faithfully reading. Um, it is a document that we worked hard on to kind of, uh, you know, set out what we feel like our values and um, our distinctives and where we have been um, to help inform our upcoming pastoral search that we have shared in the last, uh, what, I don't know, probably six weeks ago now or so. Um, and then we have had uh, our elders, like I said, speak this month. So Deanna talked um, in the beginning of February about what some of our distinctives are as a church. This was a quick capture of some of those things. And then, next slide. Oh, should a little animation there. Um, Bora talked about our purpose, revisiting our purpose and talking about what it meant to together become um, what our amazing purpose statement says we want to be. Next slide. We had a real fun time, if you were here that Sunday, running around, doing drawings, um, relating the distinctives that had come up in the talk uh, with Deanna to uh, superhero qualities and um, what that meant and how that sort of defined us as a church. And then, last week, Abby and Gustavo shared. And um, I don't know about you, but it really, uh, when I sat to prepare for this, I really had this distinct sense of like, oh, there was like two weeks of really kind of happy, <laughs> we're kind of awesome, there's really great things about us. And then there was a really important but contrasting <laughs> sense of there are some things that we all don't like about all of what we are. Um, and Abby named some of those, and I'm going to talk about that a little bit, but she had this great example. So for those of you who weren't here, um, it was the idea that, pretty simple idea. So there's a worship song that maybe you don't like so much, but you look around and realize, I think that's the next slide, hey, that person over there, this song is really serving them. It's really speaking to them, and I don't have to like it. But I do, I do grow in my own discipleship when I look and I see on the next slide, thank you, that um, that's really serving that person, and that's okay. And actually, it's really good. It's good for me to understand um, that not everything here is going to necessarily speak directly to me, but that I can care deeply about the person that I'm looking at and seeing, oh, for them, this is really important. This is a big deal. And you can, of course, replace a worship song with a lot of other things. Um, and that there's growth there. And so I just, I really appreciated that little drawing um, and that example. And, you know, I think I want to dig into that a little bit more. So um, we often use the phrase holding things in tension. And I think, I don't know if that, I don't actually know how common that phrase is elsewhere. I feel like we say that a lot. But like I said, this, this realization that our first couple of talks this month were, 
you know, very positive. And then we had this, like, we, we talked at the end of Abby and Gustavo sharing, actually, what are the areas of your holy discontent here in this church? And there were a range of things. Um, some of them went really deep to who we are as people, what we believe, and whether or not we believe this church is reflecting that. Um, and so I want to talk about that idea of holding something in tension because we are on the cusp of something new. Um, the, the phrasing in the scripture we just read was a new covenant. And so as we are on this cusp of whatever is new and next for Church Without Walls, I believe that we are all called to recognize and, um, and really work through the ways that we are holding things in tension, positive things and things that are hard for us about being here. Because we are CWOW, and I'm going to talk about that again um, as Deanna did a little bit later. So on the next slide, so I'm not so great with, you know, the digital art, but I can copy and paste. I can even reverse image. Um, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, this idea of holy discontent. So I think that there is definitely areas where it is a holy discontent, where there's something that um, that you really care about that you don't see reflected in the broader church community, um, and that can grow over time. So Abby gave some examples. Um, I have some other ones that came to mind, so I'll just speak rhetorically right now. This is not Aaron speaking, but things like um, at any time you find yourself thinking or maybe even saying out loud, like, how can you think what you think? <laughs> about that. And me think what I think. And we're supposed to be church together. And we're supposed to be this wonderful community that's fulfilling this vision. Like, how can you? I'm sure Ola, I'm not the only person who's ever had that thought. Like, I just don't understand how that person can feel that way about this issue. Um, some other examples, how can you not see how your whiteness dominates this space and makes it an uncomfortable place for other people? Um, or how come it seems like all you'll want to talk about is justice? Or how can you not see that injustice is everywhere and the church is called to do something about that? Let's do something, right? Um, and another one that I think is important, is at least important for me to mention from up front, is how can you not see that how you feel and how I feel about Pastor Gary's leaving is really different? And I'm not resolved, and I need to work through that. Um, I'm not speaking rhetorically here. Actually, I think I still am working through a lot of my own feelings and thoughts about the way that our pastor left a year ago. Um, and I know that there are other people who have different, maybe opposite feelings and thoughts about that. Uh, and here's a hopeful thing that I truly, truly believe. If, as Abby posited last week, that if you're willing to work through, Deanna really loves this worship song, I not so much, and you believe that that leads to a deeper sense of growth and discipleship, let's say like this much, you know, that gives you this much more growth and discipleship, um, imagine you choosing to work through some of those deeper things that I just mentioned. I believe that the sort of proportional amount of growth and discipleship is 
is there. It's deeper. It's more. And making a choice into those harder things leads us to, um, I think, more becoming more of who we are meant to be leads us to deeper places of individual growth, of knowing ourselves and each other. So some of those things that I just articulated, if we are willing to sit with those hard conversations, to engage in the places where it has not been easy, and it's not just, I can work through that with like different things sort of on the surface, but there's these deeper issues, I believe there's a huge amount of growth. And I guess just also... um, Yeah, like I said, becoming who we really are meant to be as a church community together. Together, becoming. Um, Like we say in our our vision statement. So the other thing that's true, I think, is that discontent is not always holy. Sometimes it's just discontent. And I think in this little picture, you could imagine that these two people maybe started with something small they didn't agree on. Then they sort of stopped engaging about it because it was tricky. Then they kind of drifted into different groups of people at church, different friends, different life groups, I don't know, different choices about where they spent their time, how they engaged. And then over time, something has calcified between them. Something has broken. There's no longer access. There's no longer seeing the other person as a vital and important member of this community. So that is a kind of discontent, a kind of unhappiness that I don't think is particularly holy and that I think is actually just something that happens in any group of human beings. But because of who we are as a church, I think these are the things we need to attend to. On the next slide, um, more copying and pasting. This is something that's really been on my heart, this idea that over time it can come to be that you feel like the person on the left, that you feel like yourself, maybe alone, maybe you and your spouse or partner, maybe you and your kind of immediate peers are on one side of something, and then there's this this group of happy people on the other side having a great time that you are not part of. Um, again, I think that happens just in groups of human people in general, but I think this is really painful and discombobulating for whatever reason it might be happening. If it's happening to you, it is disorienting and painful. And I think that one thing is true also that when this happens, especially say in a church like ours, it can start to feel like I'm here myself Then there's this entity called CWOW that's over there, separate from me. But the reality is we're all just people, right? And that at any given moment, many of us could be feeling like the person on the left, which makes it totally impossible to even have the group on the right. Um, It's just, yeah, I I think that's a really harmful mindset Um, that is actually a lie. We are not ever like this. We are meant to be together. And um, I want to share a little bit more personally, actually, about a time when I was definitely believing this lie. I was this person here and feeling just all alone. Um, It was a little overdramatic, but let me explain. So in February of 2020, 
um, I had actually decided very kind of privately, only a few people knew, that I was going to leave my job. My job at the time was principal at Berkeley High School. Um, it was an all-consuming, often transcendently beautiful, <laughs> but incredibly difficult place to be. Um, and I had been sort of thinking about for a while whether or not I would leave. Um, I know that there was a lot else going on in the world in February of 2020. At the time, I, none of us knew how much or what even the next month was going to look like or the next two years. But for me, I had just decided I couldn't live and work and go to church in Berkeley anymore. Something had to change. Maybe two of those things had to change. Maybe three of those things needed to change. Um, so if you'll indulge me for a moment more to give a little more background about the job. I, uh, I, had, I had worked in Berkeley for a long time in Berkeley Unified. I was used to, like when I was a teacher, I was used to students seeing me and it was really fun and hi, Miss Schwang and all of that. The principal job was like another level. It was like I'm grocery shopping and someone is, why is my child not, you know, in the different math teacher's class. I already emailed you about this. It's like, hi, I'm not sure who you are, but I'm just buying groceries, you know? Um, and even deeper than that, I think there was like just this sense that I think partially is because of who I am as a person. Other people would not wear that mantle in the same way, but there was this sense that I was supposed to fix all the inequities of the broken educational system I was supposed to solve the issues that came up around the party culture that teenagers have. Um, I feel like especially here in Berkeley, but I know it's everywhere. Um, I was supposed to deal with the huge amounts of white privilege that came my way every single day in that job um, because they exist in this town um, and lots of places. But I think particularly when I... I knew I had started teaching because I wanted to be working with students of color, um, especially under resourced places. I started at Rosa Parks teaching, which was one of the places um, that at the time had the highest amount of kids of color. It is not so much that way anymore. But I had started this sort of career in education so long ago and had turned into this job where, yes, it was beautiful and amazing. And I was just sucked dry. And I couldn't figure out how to live in Berkeley, do that job. And then the relating to the slide, the, the more difficult thing for me with church was I still felt like the principal at Berkeley High every time I came to church. Partially that's because many students at Berkeley High have parents that attend this church. <laughs> but um, I think it was also just, I just was so consumed by it. And I felt like... Um, I couldn't come to church, actually. And there was I kind of got to this point where I was coming maybe once or twice a month. And then this is kind of the overdramatic part. I felt like, that's okay. Like, nobody cares. A couple of friends would miss me, but I'll see them anyway, and that's okay. And I don't really belong there anymore. So it's over a pretty low place. Um, and then things happened really quickly. My housemate and I made an offer on a house in Castor Valley. The first offer we made, it was accepted. 
Um, we had to sell the house in Berkeley, and it was just like, boom, 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 boom. Things happened. And in the midst of that, I was considering, like, should I just leave church? It's, it's been hard. Maybe it's time. And some wise counsel from several friends was like, well, you're making some really big other changes in your life. Maybe put that one on hold. Maybe just wait a little bit. <laughs> um, and honestly, it felt like a relief to choose to do that, to choose to wait. I wasn't choosing, like, I'm going to stay forever at that moment, but I was choosing to wait to make that decision until I was in a little bit of a better place. Some of this pressure that I was feeling was off. And so I did. Um, and I think one of the amazing things is that then even though we didn't end up meeting as church together for many months, a year, I don't know how long we were <laughs> virtual, I started to feel more connected. I started to feel like this place is not perfect. My church is not perfect. I am far from perfect. But I can see a way to recommit, to put my stake in the ground with this group of people, no matter what happens next. Um, and I have not regretted that decision. I am happy to be here before you. I'm happy to be part of this community, not because suddenly I could see it was perfect after all. I was just in a bad place, but because... I like that we are struggling forward together. And I like that I know that even um, in the midst of a lot of transition, we are finding ways to stay community and family together. So it's odd that you know, I, decided to, I decided to stay, and then we didn't see each other for many months. But it was still like, no, this was the right place, continues to be the right place for me. And so... I don't know. I don't know if anybody listening is thinking, is feeling this way. I suspect maybe a little bit, um, some of us. But I hope that as you sit with that feeling, you're able to look around and think about um, what is true and what is not true. And I, what is not true is that any of us are truly in this spot where we are alone and no one will miss you if you are not here um, and that it doesn't matter, that you don't matter. And I think especially to the newer folks, I want to say often, um, this came up in pre-church prayer this morning. You are the ones that have um, observations and insights that we need because folks that have been here for a while can really benefit from the reflection of new, newer people coming in and saying, hey, why do we do this like this? Um, this is great, you know, whatever it might be. Um, next slide. So I want to remind us... Um, of three things that are true, that Deanna spoke about, and that I think are really powerful ways to kind of close this series. Um, CWOW is a living organism. We're growing and changing all the time. Um, and in this particular moment, as I said earlier, we are on the cusp of something new. And we are asking questions that we have not asked in a while, such as, what does it look like? Who are we called to love and serve and bring into this community? Um, that is not something, I, that's a question I hear buzzing now that I actually don't feel like I've heard a lot um, in recent years. And that's an exciting um, new, newer question for us to ask. Next, we are CWOW, right? We are, especially if you're feeling like the person in the previous slide, we are CWOW together. So um, it's a very simple idea, but I also think it's a very complex idea that 
we together make this living organism, that every one of us is an important part. And finally, Siwao is rooted in the promise of God. And that's why I want to bring us back um, to that scripture, because while those first two things are definitely true, we cannot just figure this out on our own. We can have really great intentions. There will still be those little brick walls. There will still be people feeling not part. Um, and I really believe that Jesus is the one who comes alongside of us and helps us when we need to have those harder conversations, when we need to wrestle as a church with what direction we want to go next, um, when we prayerfully select a group of people to help us find a new pastor. Um, Jesus is with us, and God has promised um, to be with us and has been here since the beginning. So there's this, like, we are a living organism. Yes, we are people all together, and Jesus is the one who is at the center of who we are as people and, I hope, who we are as a church community. So I'm going to go back to the scripture and just highlight a couple of things um, that mostly I've already said. We don't have to do this on our own, but that we are on the cusp of a new covenant. And what I want to invite us to do next is to spend some time reflecting just quietly where we are those of you who know me um, probably knew that our interactive part of this talk was not going to be running around <laughs> drawing superheroes. Um, I'm a quiet, introverted person. But I hope that as you sit with the last several talks and then what I have said today, that you will take some time. And I want to invite you to specifically think about a couple of things. The next slide. How do you hold that tension? Um, between our distinctives and your own areas of holy discontent. And then, what is a clear next stepping stone? Remember the images of the stones coming up just as we need them for you as you consider our joint effort to together become a new covenant here at CWOW. So I'd love to invite you to take some time to think about that. Jason's going to play. Um, and then after about five minutes... I'm going to invite some people to come up and pray with me. I will close. Um, I was eventually, I was originally actually just going to close us in prayer after five minutes, but I think in the spirit of everything I just said, I want to invite some other voices up here with me to pray anything that comes out of your little reflection time right now or anything that's on your heart as we consider going forward into the future. Um, and then, I don't know, I'm happy to make some suggestions about what some of those next steps might be. Maybe you want to pray about um, joining a life group for the first time or rejoining if you haven't for a long time. Maybe there's a conversation with someone that you know you need to have, that you need some help to figure out a way into that conversation. Um, maybe it's just unburdening yourself to someone who, you know, you haven't taken an, an opportunity to do in a while just to be more known as who you are in, the, in this space. Um, maybe it's just getting prayer after church today. Not to minimize that, that's a really wonderful thing and we would love for people to do that. So those are some things that you might consider as you consider these two questions. Let's take five minutes and then please just if you feel willing and able to pray, when you see me come back up here, join me up here and we'll pray together to close.
Thank you, Jason. It's a short five minutes, but I would love to invite anyone who will join me in praying for us as a church as we go forward to come on up. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for even just a short time to sit with our own thoughts and feelings as we move toward um, the next season of life together. And I pray that you, God, would be in our minds and our hearts as we leave this place today, um, that you would help us to be in touch with the areas of discontent, holy or otherwise, that we have, and also in touch with the things that we love about each other and this place, this community, and that you would help us to wrestle with those in a way that really and truly informs who we become in this next season. God, sometimes we say the word we when speaking of our discontents or the ways we don't measure up. We really mean you or them. And we are reminded of the great prayers of holy discontent by Daniel, by Nehemiah, Moses, David, in which they pray, I have sinned. I have not kept your commands. I and my father's house and the people around me, but I. And so... uh, God, today I think of how I have not loved justice enough. I have not shown mercy as often or as much as I might. And I have not walked humbly with my God at all times. Lord, have mercy. God, I want to lift up anybody who is remembering those feelings of aloneness. God, would your spirit bring them back to the reminder of of what we are together, of our goal to grow, to hold deeper roots, to support a tree of your kingdom together. God, I also want to pray for this 
this division I was hearing about from you in this prayer time of talking and action. God, we love to talk here at CUAO. And I pray that that would lead to some concrete steps. God, we need you to lead us to those concrete steps. Bring us the people, the leaders, and the inspiration to find those things. Lord, I want to pray especially for those of us who have been around for a long time and who feel um, <coughs> like we have very familiar grooves in relating to this community, but also relating to you and may feel vulnerable or scared or overwhelmed to think about um, turning to you and asking if there are ways you are calling us out of comfortable grooves or places where we may be a little bit stuck or calcified. Thank you for your gentle and loving hand and that you continue to call us, love us, and work with us, whether we are brand new to faith or whether we have been walking with you and part of this community for a long time. Um, help us to trust you more fully, more deeply, and more completely for ourselves and for this community that you so love. In Jesus' name, amen. On our last slide, back to the, back to the image of the stepping stones. I just wanted to quickly name one very concrete, or as taller than me, stepping stone, um, which is next week. We, you, I'm sure that at this point you have heard um, someone on the elder team talk about the Reverend Jean Chang Gorman, who um, is the something of ministerial health, director of ministerial health um, for the covenant denomination in our area. and has been a wise and, um, you know, sometimes you meet someone and you trust them very quickly. That has been my experience with her. She's coming next week um, to speak, um, to, to actually help us reflect, I would say, on this next um, pastoral transition step, both in um, deeper reflective ways, but also in some very concrete, like, you'll have a chance to talk with her about what it looks like as she has overseen many other church pastoral searches, um, what that has looked like and ask questions, etc. So um, I'm really excited about that. That feels like a really clear stepping stone that's popping up for us just next week. And I hope that you'll all be able to join. Um, and just thank you. Thank you for your attention today. Um, thank you for being my church. And I'll see you again in nine years. <laughs> Thank you, Aaron.